0: Awesome! Right on, everybody. Hey, Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you very much. Would you, Would you guys like to sit down? Oh, good. Yeah, take their lead. Right on. I'm glad you're here. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. And what a great what a great thing to be able to celebrate Christmas together. Right. All the yeah. It's just beautiful. So that's cool. And uh, I particularly love to to. Um, I love, this, I love the songs, Josh. I love the Christmas songs we get to do. And I know we do them every year and stuff. But, man, they become so familiar. And you go, they tell the story so well. And there's something about music that lets us engage the heart of God in, in ways that nothing else lets us do. Right? Music does something for us in helping us to engage with God that words could never do. Because music opens up our soul. Words, on the other hand, words do something that, that help us to engage with God that music can never do. That instrumentals or, or to, tunes or tones or none of that could ever do because words open up our minds. And it's interesting that God wants to meet us in both those places. God wants us to meet us in our heart and our soul and God wants to meet us in our mind. Both places. I think that's why the great commandment uh, it's listed in several places in scripture. But the great commandment says this. Uh, God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Why? Because God wants him to meet you in all those places. God wants to meet you in everything that you are, in every way that you live. He wants to meet you right there. So for the last month, if you're a Lakesider, you'll know this. If you're a guest with us today from out of town or from in town or wherever, I'm glad you're here. But if you if you haven't been with us the last month, we've been doing a study of what it looks like to come to God uh, from your left brain or from your right brain? And you know you know the, the, the thing about how your left brain is about logic and facts and truth, and your right brain is about art and beauty and, and uh, feeling? Well, both those things go together. God wants them both to go together when we connect with him, when we come to him. So he goes, hey, you guys, when you're coming to me, engage your left brain. And when you're coming to me, engage your right brain. And so that's what we've been talking about the last... Uh, several weeks here at Lakeside, and I thought let's just take one more swing at this on Christmas Eve, and let's talk about how do we engage God with everything that we are. And to get us kind of started on that journey, I want to just take a few minutes, and I want to spend Christmas with the masters, not the masters with the green jacket, although I would really like that a lot. But, you know, but, no, I mean, like, master painters, anybody Anybody an, an, an artist here? Two. Under, under 15. Uh, yeah, okay, some of us. So, any oh, over here too? Yeah, how come it's the children of the artists? We stopped being creative. Okay, that's, a, that's, that's for some other time. Not right now. Uh, anybody an art professor? One? Are you, are you really? Would you please leave the room? No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't. I'm, we don't know each other, so uh, that's not good. No, 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 I'm going to... I'm going to talk about art for a minute, and I don't know what I'm talking about, and she does know what I'm talking about, so it's like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable probably for both of us, <laughs> just so you know. No, I, wanted to, I want to talk about master painters because master painters know this thing that it's possible to connect to God with our right brain. It's possible to connect with God with, through our soul and through our heart, and art lets us do it, whether the art is musical or whether the art is with Uh, is tangible like something that's done with clay, or whether the yard is a painting. It lets us connect our heart with God. And so I wanted to spend some time and and talk about that. And I thought it'd be really, I thought it'd be beautiful to connect with the master painters. And then as I was researching, I thought, oh, it it might be comical as well. So, you know, we'll see how this goes along. And And if I'm off target, we can talk later. Okay, good. All right. So, um... I don't know how you define a master. I think to be a master, you have to be dead for longer than 300 years. So this first one of mine probably doesn't qualify, but I think Norman Rockwell is a master. Yeah, anybody? Yeah, remember Norman Rockwell? So he, he oh, good. See, we have art scholars back here somewhere. Look at that. So yeah, uh, anybody ever been in this t- situation at Christmas? Uh, Donna and I have had tree disasters like that. We said we're done with that, so now we have an artificial tree, and the lights come pre-attached. Yes, thank you. It's the only way to fly. Yeah, good. I, I'm with that. Here's another one from, from uh, Mr. Rockwell. Tag team tree decorating. This never works. <laughs> you know, but it's but you know you get why they're doing that. Here's another one. One of my favorites hey, everybody, we're here. Now, notice the family kind of in the back. They're behind the dog, and they're all coming in. They're kind of like, hello, we're here. But Junior, right out front, is like, hey, everybody, we're here. I have a cousin like that, right? Some of you are the cousin like that. Okay, I get that. Okay, so I, Norman Rockwell hasn't been dead long enough. I don't even know if he's, I didn't look this up. Is Norman Rockwell still alive? He's not a master. He hasn't been dead 300 years. So, um... So here's some others who are truly masters uh, and, and thought this way by the art world. Here's a painting by a man named Botticelli. And uh, wow, that's a busy picture. Uh, this, is, this was painted about 500 years ago. And in that generation, when they would paint, uh, the, the stuff at the top is to represent heaven. The stuff at the bottom is to represent hell. And the stuff in the middle of the painting represents what happens on earth. That's why the manger scene is in the middle. But check this out. There's, a, there's angels dancing in heaven, and they're wearing vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry outfits. This is a Neapolitan dance crew in heaven. I, that's how that picture goes. And then at the bottom, uh, that's the underworld, right? And, but there's angels there. It's hard to see from your distance, I think. But there's angels, and, there's, and I think those are wise men. And on the left, there's an, there's an angel kissing a wise man, which I think is inappropriate. You know, on the right, they're doing like UFC throwdown because the the wise man said to the angel that the saints aren't going to make the Super Bowl this year. Pretty sure that's what's happening in that one. And, uh, And then in the middle, here's what I want you to really see in the middle. In the middle is the manger scene. And take a look at this guy. Who is that? That's Joseph. That's the earthly father of Jesus, and he's, he's going, stop the nonsense, stop the noise. You know, it's like all we need now is a little drummer boy, and it'll be complete. It's like, what's happening here? Isn't that what's happening? That's what I think's happening. Or, all right, so anyway, you know, that, uh, let me give you another one. This, this next one is by a painter by the name of Fra Angelico. Check this one out. Now, what's happening in that story? That's Mary on the right, and that's an angel telling her she's, she's going to become pregnant, even though she's a virgin, and she's going to give birth to a child and, you know, save the world. It's going to be amazing. But truthfully, most of the art that I look at uh, has word captions or word clouds above the characters, you know? That's kind of like my level of art. So it's, imagine this picture with, imagine this picture with um, word clouds above it. Mary is actually saying to the angel, it's freezing in this picture. And the angel says back to Mary, I know, right? <laughs> now you understand art. Great, great art. Or how about this one? Here's another. Now this one, you may know, you may know the name of this painter. This is painted by a man named Raphael. You know that name? And, and this is a picture, this is a picture of Mary and her baby. But she's not in Bethlehem anymore. She's certainly not in Kansas anymore. Uh, although there's emerald drapes. Well, maybe it's the emerald city. I don't know. She's on a cloud. You know, what's Mary doing on a cloud with her baby? I don't really know. And there's, I don't know who the people are there uh, on the side of her. But then I, I cut off a little bit. I want you to see the bottom part of the picture. There's two very famous bored-to-tears angels. Like they've been in church too long. Or I, you know, no, I'm sure that's not what it was. Huh. Okay, one, let me give you one more. Uh, this is called the Wilton Diptych. Not dipstick, not not that. You know what a diptych is? This is an art lesson for you guys. I mean, this is really helpful to you. So a diptych is two panels hinged in the middle, and the two panels tell a story. And so in this one, on the right, of course, that's Mary. and She's got baby Jesus in her arms. And she is surrounded by the Dallas Cowboys angels. Right? And, they're, and they all look just like Mary, which is fascinating. And they're all getting ready to go out on the gridiron and have a battle with those four characters on the left, which is one shepherd who has a dwarf sheep <laughs> and three wise men uh, dressed in Persian rugs. Does anyone understand this? All right, let me, let me get you to the one that I really want you to see. Those are all classics, by the way, but let me get you to this one. Do you know who painted this one? This is painted by a character named Rembrandt. Rembrandt is known for his expertise with darkness and light. And when you look at this picture, that's a picture of the the barn. That's a picture of the manger scene, and he understood darkness and light. It takes great talent, as I understand it, to be able to paint images in the darkness. But Rembrandt saying to us, use your right brain and think about this. The face of everybody in that barn is lit up by only one light source, and it's the light source that comes from that baby. Because Rembrandt knew that when Jesus came into the world, he said, I am the light of the world. And I want my light to shine on your life. And you can't see it from every picture that I just pointed out to you, but all those, all those painters. Uh, We're trying to take what we find in the scriptures and then put it onto a canvas and say, use your brain, use your soul, use your heart to see the light of Christ on the face of the people around him. That's the right brain side of the story. Now, let me give you the left brain side of the story. This is found in the gospel of John chapter 1. It's a story of Christmas, but not the story of the birth of Christ. It's the story of the coming of Christ into our world. John chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All that talk about the, wor- uh, about the Word, that's left brain. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Think about some of the left-brain things that are described with these words that John uses here. He says, in Jesus was life. Well, of course there's life. You go, okay, that's not hard to get because we're not worshiping a dead Savior. In him was life. And then, and then John says, and that light was the light of all mankind. Like, what's going to light the world up? It's Jesus. And people that follow Jesus and live their life like Jesus, that's going to light the world up. It says the light shines in the darkness. That's what Rembrandt got. The light shines in the darkness. In a dark world, the light shines brightly. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome the light. Even though it tries to, every day. Don't you see that? In your life, in your world, in your pathways that you go down every day, don't you see that? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness tries to overcome it, overpower it every single day. And that was true when Jesus came. When Jesus came into Bethlehem, it was a dark, a dark time in the world. It was dark in Bethlehem. There were some horrible things that were going on in Bethlehem in the days when Jesus was born there. In the political world, it was dark. In the family world, it was dark. There were teenage pregnancies in those days as there are in these days. And so when Mary shows up and she goes, hey, I'm going to have a baby. And, you know, but I haven't been with anybody. There's like the Holy Spirit and overshadow. And you know, I don't really know how it works, but it's happening. And they're all like, yeah, Mary, thanks for that. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness constantly tries to overpower it. But John says, it did not. Could not. It's dark in our world these days. I mean, what do you hear on the news? What do you hear about politics? What do you hear about the political scene these days in our world? Isn't it dark today? Isn't it dark like it was two thousand years ago today? And isn't it dark in our family sometimes? I don't know about your family exactly, but I know, but I know families. I know how families work. Sometimes it's dark in our families, and and maybe it's just dark in your soul. That happens too, doesn't it? The light tries to shine in your soul, but the darkness tries to overcome it. And John says, but it cannot. It cannot overcome it. Where's the darkness in your life today? Where is it? Is it, in your, is it in your view of politics? Does politics dominate your soul today? That's darkness trying to win. Maybe, maybe the darkness is in your family. I mean, some of us, the darkness isn't something that we did. For some of us, the darkness is just that we lost somebody during the holidays last year. Man, I really miss grandma. Or, wow, I really miss my uncle. Or I miss my dad. And maybe it was 20 years ago, and it's still in there. You go, every time you come to the holidays, man, it's just a hard thing. It's a hard time. It's a hard journey. That's darkness trying to overcome the light. Sometimes the darkness comes because of choices that we make, and we get get sideways with God. And that's darkness trying to overcome the light. But John says it cannot, cannot. We have a thing in my family. We have an app that we use. Some of you may use this app as well. Do you know the app uh, on your phone called Marco Polo? Yeah, it's a it's a video it's a video thing, and so you, you can you can record a video and then you send it to the people in your group. And so we use this as as a family. Our family is our group. And so we send videos back and forth to each other saying hi, and how's it going, and good morning, and, you know, whatever, whatever we want to do to encourage people. My son's flying in from uh, New Mexico today, and we were, we were earlier today, we're doing Marco Polo, sending videos back and forth to go, how's it going, how's the flight, you know, where'd they reroute you, things like that, and, uh, wish they did, and, uh, so we, so we use Marco Polo to send, these, to send these video things. And one of the patterns we got into as a family, one of, the, one of the deals we started doing, I don't know who started it and why it started or anything, but we started looking at sunsets. And if my, my one daughter lives in Woodland, one lives up in Shingle Springs, and my son lives in New Mexico. And so wherever we, we are, and Don and I live here in Folsom, so wherever we are, if it's a beautiful sunset, someone will get on the, on the phone and start doing a video on Marco Polo of the sunset. They go, oh, I got a beautiful sunset tonight. Look at that. And they're taking pictures of the sunset. And then they'll turn the phone around on themselves. You know, do the switcheroo thing on the phone. And that's the technical term for it. And, uh, and then they're taking a picture of themselves. And they go, look at that. I got an orange glow tonight. And so we have orange glow videos that we send around to each other. Oh, look at that. I got an orange glow tonight. Because the sun's shining on their face. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Rembrandt captured in that picture that he painted of the barn where Jesus was born. And all the light in the barn came from Jesus. I'm I'm an amateur photographer. Emphasis on amateur. No one's ever paid me for a picture. Even though some of them are like, never mind. (laughs) Anyway, I like taking pictures. And I'm, I'm like a lot of, you know, amateur photographers. I like to take pictures of sunsets. You know, because they're cool and they can be beautiful and they're so stunning. You go, I got to take a picture and then I got to share it on my Facebook page. You know, whatever I got, you you have to see this thing. And then some photographer who's better than I am told me one day, you know, they looked at all my sunset pictures. They go, you know, because I'm bragging about them. They're like, yeah, that's really nice, Brad. Have you ever thought about turning around when the sunset happens? I'm like, why would you turn around when the sunset happens? The picture's over there. They said, no, turn around and look at what the, what the sun is lighting up on the other side. And so I started turning around and seeing what the sun's doing on the other side of the world. And it's all lit up. You know why we're in church in the round? You know why we're in church in the round tonight? It's so that we can see each other across the way. It's so that someone can see the light of Christ on your face. And it will change the darkness that's in their own heart. That's what we're doing. Why? Because God knew that the only way to light this world, to overcome the darkness, was to send his son into the world. So that whoever received him, he came to his own, but his own didn't receive him. But whoever received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. If you'll receive him. And when you do, the light begins to come through you from here. And the darkness will try and disrupt it. The darkness will try and overcome it, but it cannot. And then the light shines out from you. Doesn't mean when you come to faith in Jesus that all your problems go away because the darkness still tries. But Jesus does overcome that darkness. And that's the story of Christmas from the left brain and the right brain and all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the question at every Christmas, the question every day with Jesus is, do you believe him? Will you trust him? Jesus, I pray for us today. I don't know the story of how darkness and light are fighting in people's souls today, but I know this. Jesus said, you came into our world to shine your light on us, and I'm grateful to you for that. Lord, for every person here, would you reveal yourself to them, to us today? For everyone, Lord, who's wrestling with the darkness in their own world, whether it's political darkness or family darkness or darkness of our souls, would you shine your light into us today? Would you let us know that you love us, that you care for us, that you gave your life for us? that you rose from the grave for us. Lord, that's what we look forward to at Christmas today. Lord, thank you. We love you. Amen.